Welcome. It's the Internet Advisor, Gary Baker, Edward Bell, Cal Carson, and a very special guest in studio, and that is Terry Takai. And Terry, welcome back to the state of Michigan. Thanks again. And, I'm excited to be back. And back to our show. This yes, and great. back to our show again. Terry, uh, boy, the last time we had you on, you, boy, were you CIO in the state of Michigan at that I time, think I so. think? yep. And and, and and actually winning awards at that time, if yeah, I recall, that's for, right. for the website that the state had, the best website of any state in the country. Mm-hmm. So that was wonderful news. And and then, uh, you know... And As so if we that t- wasn't a big enough challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the state of California, okay, you know, everybody's got to <laughs> do a stint there. I get it. But I do want to talk to you about the Department of Defense. Three that years has, you were there, right? Mm-hmm. I was there three and a half years. Three and a half years. Well, now your title there, I think, was the assistant. I'm trying to think. I'll see if I got the. Uh, what was your official title there? The assistant. For... Well, actually, I was the, uh, initially the assistant secretary of defense for network and information technology. Okay. And then um, the job got renamed while I was there. It seems to be a pattern for me. <laughs> um, and so they actually established it as the chief information officer while I was there. So you were the CIO for. So, and so um, then you were the first CIO for. The the Department of Defense. Now, they, somebody had that kind of job, but they didn't right. have that title, right? That's correct. That's so you were correct. the first one to have the title. Mm-hmm. What, did, wow. what did that signify for the Department of Defense? Were they moving into a new way of looking of, at technology? or? Absolutely. I think that uh, in the past, you know, first of all, the Department of Defense is all about technology. That's right. one of the things that I discovered <laughs> when I got there. Yeah. There isn't anything that isn't connected to the network. Um, but it was really a way of stepping back and looking at the technology not as a part of um, all of the other programs, but as technology in and of itself. And how was that going to be able to move the department forward? Mm. And where were there the areas of innovation? Speaking of innovation, I mean, my sense is that uh, the government has always been, in terms of trying out new things, like maybe a decade ahead of what the consumers are. Am I right in that? presumption? Well, I think it's yes and no. Um, there are clearly the science and technology organizations like DARPA, mm-hmm. yes. who was at the start of uh, really the internet. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. But then you also have the same challenges of government, which mm. is government spends money slowly. It's hard to replace old technology. So it's this interesting juxtaposition of really advanced technology and then the challenge of implementing it, which means then renovating technology is very slow and very difficult. Yeah. You know, I I think of so many places that I've been where, uh, you know, it's just really difficult to keep up and you have to replace, you know, if you're on a three-year refresh cycle for all of your, you know, personal computer equipment for all the staff. and, And, you know, so many times, you know, people say, can I get my computer replaced and say, well, you know, how old is it? And they go, five, six years. And <laughs> I kind of think almost the same thing at, at the Department of Defense. If it's not on the cutting edge, it kind of sometimes gets gets lost, but then people can't use that cool technology, right? Is that part of the problem? That's exactly part of the problem. When you spend somewhere around $37 billion a year on technology, wow. Wow. you spend a lot. Um, but then when you think about, for instance, I'll give you an example, the introduction of mobile technology and secure mobile technology. Mm-hmm. 
you know, DOD is very used to their own land mobile radios and being able to introduce that new technology in a very controlled and deliberate way is a wow. real challenge. Yeah. Cal? Did you get a chance to, and I know we can't go into depth about it or anything like that. We'd have to kill you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and <I'm> halfway <laughs> dead anyway. <laughs> With DOD, uh did you have, ever have to interface with other groups within the government, like the CIA, the FBI? Did you get a chance to see some really interesting things, technology-wise? Well, absolutely. First of all, um, one of my major partners uh, at DOD was NSA. Because clearly, from a cyber mm. perspective, mm. Uh, NSA is a part of the Department of Defense and a really major, major yeah. uh, player there in, from a cybersecurity perspective, along with U.S. Cyber Command. And of course, then there's their close ties with the intelligence community. So all of that is very much linked together, particularly as you think about cyber. How well coordinated is that? Because I have this terrible sense that there are all these little kingdoms fighting for their you know little piece of turf. It's not How well coordinated. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, actually, it's very well coordinated. Uh, it, you know, it's a relief. <laughs> given it is really um, given the challenges of cyber. And of course, the you know to be able to address the cyber challenge, it's really about sharing information, and it's sharing information across government agencies, because yes. you really have to look at it from a defense of the country. But then it slowly gets into uh, law enforcement, and if you don't mm. have that tight collaboration, uh, we're really not going to be able to face the challenges. What were some of the of speaking of challenges? What were some of the biggest ones for you coming from? Uh, the public sector, you had worked at, at Ford for many, many years and with EDS and many other companies. I, moving then into a government thing, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced? Well, I think some of the biggest challenges, uh, you know, people said to me, well, you understand politics because you were at Ford and it was a big company. And I've said to people, that's a little P. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a little P. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're really facing the challenge of a Either the legislature or Congress is really responsible for your budget, but the direction comes from either the governor or the president or, in my case, secretary of defense. And then you have all of the civil servants. So you're really trying to balance all of that wow. in the middle of the public scrutiny, of course, which comes from being part of the, uh, being looked at by the media. Now, I, I may understand right, the person, I think, who was over you, uh, retired after 30-some-odd years, am I right? Where somebody was up the line, I'm, I'm sorry, but I've been gathering a lot of information that some of it may be jumbled in my head, but it looked like a lot of the key positions for the CIO of the Defense Department were now open because you left, and I think there was somebody who was under you, I think, that also left. Um, yes. Is there somebody <laughs> ready to take that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. The uh, individual who's currently the acting CIO at Department of Defense actually was the CIO for Department of the Navy. Oh, okay. Oh, really? um, and okay. so had, you know, considerable amount of experience there. Um, and um, so he took my spot when I left. You know, it, what What I am, I, I'm so proud of and just marvel at, and that is how well, you know, you've certainly done well, right? Coming from Michigan, coming from the auto industry, and then moving on to some really very cool and very important roles outside of Michigan, now coming back, that's great. But you and I know a number of other women that have started here in Michigan, started a lot in the auto industry. Andy Karaboudis is one. Um, Karen Antorell. Karen Antorell at Walmart, mm -hmm. uh, CIO of Walmart. Uh, 
uh, Andy Karabudis was the CIO at Dell and now the CIO at... Biogen. Biogen, thank you. I knew she'd just taken that job in the last few months. But there's been many others. Is, is there something in the water here? What's <laughs> going on? <laughs> I mean, what's, what's going on that, that we can export all of these really wonderfully, very smart technology-oriented women? Yeah, did you grow up in the same log cabin? <laughs> 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 well, you know, Gary, I think one of the things that's really important to note, and, and this was something that uh, actually was a part of my interview process at Department of Defense, um, and when I went to Department of Defense, I asked people, why would you hire me? Mm-hmm. Right? I haven't been in the military. I haven't been in federal government. Why? <laughs> You've been in something a lot more difficult, and that's the auto industry, well, right? Well, <laughs> and what they said to me is, interestingly enough, we're not at, they didn't say anything about my state experience because, of mm-hmm. course, when you get to DOD, the states are somewhat, I shouldn't say irrelevant, but, um, <laughs> but they said to me, you know, you've been in a big organization. You were at Ford Motor Company. Yeah. There have been other Ford Motor Company executives that mm-hmm. actually have gone into federal government. And I think it's the fact that the industry, for all its ups and downs, teaches you certain levels of discipline and process Mm. and how to structure an organization that I think is very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. It probably also gives a fresh face onto the thing, too, rather than be pocketing that one government view. You can see it from a broader perspective. Terry, hang on. We're going to be coming back in just a minute. Terry Takaya is our guest in studio here. We'll be talking a little bit more about her new job, which is at Meridian Health. And I think healthcare in many ways is the new frontier for uh, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell is in-house, Kel Carson, and we are delighted to have Terry Takai with us back in the state, back in the saddle here as the news <laughs> CIO at uh, Meridian Health. Am I right, Terry? That's correct. Okay, now you've come from, wow, from the uh, position of government, very important position of the Defense Department. Uh, you're now back in the state of Michigan. What was that like coming, you know, moving back in here to the private sector? Well, it's been great. Uh, it's really been something that I've been talking about doing. It seemed like there was one government job after the other, but it's great to be back, and it's really fantastic to be in the healthcare industry. Yeah, and you stay, and you still owned a home here, so you had to come back to sooner or later. Had to come back to your home, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm still in Troy, Michigan. <laughs> there you go. Good. Oh, that's neat. Now, why the health industry? Well, you know, as I looked at um, kinds of the things that I wanted to do next, um, you know, one of the things when you work for the government, you really do get the feeling of being able to give back and being able to be of service. Mm-hmm. And as I looked at the different industries, of course, I'd been in the automotive industry and, you know, I'd looked at a number of things. And I felt like the healthcare industry, number one, it's a great place from a technology perspective. Oh, Lord, yes. Um, and, you know, it's also a place where, you know, it's really now about how do you help the healthcare industry really help all of us mm-hmm. that are really trying to make our way through some very, very complex times in oh, terms of just, And we've seen Get some them all to talk to one another in the same language. Yeah, please, Terry, yeah. please. <laughs> I mean, for the last five years as a cancer patient, I've been faced with just a nightmare of the lack of communication. And just now I belong to the, um, I'm being treated through the St. John Providence Health System. They're in the process of making, just bringing everybody on board the digital world. Right. And as best I can, I'm coming on. But so often, my oncologist can't talk to my GP, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and I'll th- fax those right over. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness, I hate those words. I know. And, and But I did have one experience recently where I was going in for a, trans, a transfusion, and my information was actually in there, all my medication. I was like, <gasps> wow. It's getting there. It's, it's getting, getting there. So that must be one of the biggest challenges is getting all these systems to talk to one another. Well, absolutely. It's getting all the systems to talk to each other, but it's also making sure 
sure that your health insurance providers talk oh, to each yeah, other. That's right. And they, you know, you know what care uh, that you can get and what's the best way to get it. And the health insurance industry is really changing. And it's really becoming much more proactive in terms of being an advocate for the member. Jerry, and that's herd- what's so exciting. Herding cats on a federal level may be nothing compared <laughs> to doing this. Hey, there has to be well, an app for that, yeah. right? There has to be. I mean, have you got a, a Blue Cross Blue Shield or a, uh, or an Aetna insurance app on your phone? I don't, but I do have a St. John one. St. John Providence yes. has now got their own so apps. It's, it's evolving. Absolutely. And, and the one thing that we've been reading about over the last number of years is how fast Meridian Health has been growing. So that's got to be fun, kind of a, a company that's yet small enough, although you know it's not a small company anymore by any means, but it's small enough you can really get your fingers in and, and personally maybe make a, a difference in a company that that's just yeah. growing rapidly. Well, absolutely, Gary. I guess there's several things. I mean, as I was thinking about it, one of the things that's so exciting about the company is it's really was started by a physician, his wife, and a CIO. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic combination oh. of technology, you know, a strong woman, right and at a the physician roots. I love really it. wanting to yeah. do what was right about patient care. So that's been, and then to be their huge, the family's huge advocates of being downtown Detroit. Mm-hmm. We're right on campus, Martius. Oh, so you combine all of those things, it's a really exciting company. 